Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. What up, everybody? How's everyone doing out there? Everybody's staying strong with this coronavirus going on. I'm Rob Brandt. And I'm Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. And welcome to the Brothers Brandt podcast. Very excited to have you guys on for this. This is episode seven, rolling into Pittsburgh. And we got an absolute doozy for you. Just to recap, last week's episode uh, was Notre Dame, uh, Here Come the Irish and the Brandt's, and we had an outstanding time crashing with Timmy Galano, and Notre Dame won 17-13. So now we're now we're coming in hot to Pittsburgh, seven and one. And Rick, why don't you uh, why don't you get into this episode right here and tell them a little bit about Pittsburgh? I'd be more than happy to, Rob. And this is going to be our final day of the road trip. So this whole podcast has started with us talking about our ten days and 10 games road trip throughout the Midwest. And we basically, if you could picture it, leaving out of New Jersey, have ventured out West through the Midwest, going to a bunch of games, and now we're dovetailing back, almost in a circle, heading towards New Jersey. But our last stop was to be in Pittsburgh. And you may be asking yourself, Rick, Rob, you guys have been to eight games, but there's only one more day of the road trip. How is this going to work? Well, let me tell you, the final day of the road trip consisted of our first ever double header. And Rob, it was unbelievable. Uh, The stars aligned on this one, Rick. We went to, so here's what we got on the schedule. We got a one o'clock Pittsburgh Pirates versus the Cincinnati Reds, a rival in the NL Central. And, uh, this is late September, and 
they were battling out for the wild card. And we'll get into that story in a second. And then our second game was a Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears. That sounds like a delicious lineup for sports. Two classic storied franchises on Sunday night football in late September. Oh, man, it did not disappoint. Rick, talk to him about the Pirates, or talk to him about our host a little bit. Give a little idea with the host. So we've talked a lot about our hosts so far on this journey, and I'll say it again, as I've always said, but our hosts are always fantastic. They are always the ones that make it memorable. We couldn't do this road trip without them. And Colin Lang in Pittsburgh, while studying at Carnegie Mellon, mind you, one of the most impressive institutions in all the land, he was willing to host us for the day, basically almost two full days, And he, meanwhile, was studying for some big exams coming up, but he was such a good friend. He said to us, listen, I know you guys are going to be getting in late on Saturday night. You're leaving Notre Dame. It's a six-hour drive. Probably not going to get into Pittsburgh until around midnight. I'm going to put the key in the mailbox. I'm going out with some buddies. It's Saturday night. Uh, You guys make yourself at home, crash on the couches. He had blankets and pillows all prepped for us it was beautiful and after the long day we had in Notre Dame the game the tailgating and the drive itself we crashed I remember as soon as we got there and also because we had a big day coming up Sunday was going to be our last day double header we had to have all our energy we are already exhausted but we knew we had to bring it for one more day and courtesies of Colin Lang and those comfy couches he made it happen yeah, so we had an action-packed day on, on, on Sunday. We went over to the stadium early. So it was a 1 o'clock game, and the stadium opens up at 11 a.m., but we got there around 9 because we wanted to check out the uh, PNC, uh, PNC Stadium where the Pittsburgh Pirates play. And I will rank this stadium top five, like five, number five, number six, on, on baseball stadiums in the country. And I agree. I'll, I'll even go to say, um, at the time, in 2013, it was probably my favorite baseball stadium uh, east of the Mississippi. And now the Atlanta Braves just put in a, a beautiful new stadium a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago. Um, but I would rank this one amazing. Uh, you got the, for any of you guys that have not been to Pittsburgh, um, definitely go and check out a Pirates game. Uh, you got the rivers and where our seats were, we were behind home plate, kind of on the first baseline. Rob, 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 those were not where our seats were. We had nosebleed seats. We were in the upper decks in oh, right my, field for $8 a piece. My apologies. We upgraded <laughs> to, Upgrade. uh, to, uh, to about 10 rows back uh, uh, behind home plate and uh, on the first baseline. And, and that view, staring out at center field with the bridges crisscrossing uh, out over the river was just amazing. And um, prior to the game, though, we, uh, we did a lap of the stadium. They had a nice Roberto Clemente uh, dedication. Uh, they also, um, what's cool is the stadium is so close to the river, they hosted an all-star game in a home run derby. So they would have a splash zone where people would hit home runs and it would go um, over the outside of the, out of the, you would hit it out of the stadium and it would land in the river, um, which was pretty cool. 
Um, and you saw people coming up on boats and uh, parking their boats at uh, the dock and coming in for the Pirates game, which was nice. And Rick and I have our gear. We got our Pirates t-shirts and our Pirates hat that we bought on eBay for like five or 10 bucks. And we needed something to do because we got there so early. So we did a lap and then we went over to where else but a Holiday Inn. They had Why not? They had a nice little breakfast spread, had a little croissant, had a little hot chocolate. It was a little cold on that day. Um, killed some time. There was a lot of other fans in there hanging out. It was uh, black and gold all over the place. Um, and, then, uh, and then we made our way to the stadium. And uh, after a little while, and Rick talked to him about the stadium and our little pregame prep talk. Oh, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure to. So, Rob, you talked about how much fun it was before we got into the stadium. Well, when we got into the stadium, we were one of the first people in. They had Pittsburgh scarfs for us, which was a very nice memento, and I appreciated it greatly. I know you looked good and enjoyed it as well. You got to love the giveaways. You got to love the bobbleheads, the scarfs, the hats, the T-shirts. I gobble it up. It's true, and it was the last home game for the Pittsburgh Pirates that season. They were going to go play a road series away out of town to finish the regular season, so it was the last game of the season. Rob talked about the teams, both the Reds who were visiting from Cincinnati and the Pittsburgh Pirates fighting for playoff battle positioning, and it really coming down to the final week or so of the season. So the atmosphere was pretty unique for Pittsburgh because they don't experience playoff baseball that often. So by the time first pitch rolled around, the stadium was packed to the gills, and that was pretty fun. But before the game got started, I remember you and I heading over to the first baseline. We were, we were at that point where, like, the infield dirt meets the outfield grass. So we're past the first base. We're not technically out in right field in the foul territory yet, but we're in that in-between area, kind of where the dugout comes to an end. And then there's fans and seats and things. So, so we're down there, first row. We're watching. We're looking out. There's several players warming up, doing calisthenics, getting ready for the game. And we're probably about an hour and a half away from first pitch. When I look down into the dugout, which is where the Cincinnati Reds on the first base side sit, and there's a one person sitting in the dugout. And the one person happened to be probably my favorite player from the Cincinnati Reds at the time. And I think just one of the overall great guys in Major League Baseball, his name was none other than Todd Frazier. And I know many Jersey listeners are probably going to know the name Todd Frazier. But for those of you that don't know who Mr. Frazier is, let me, let me tell you about Mr. Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier is from a town called Toms River, New Jersey, that years ago, back in the 90s, when we were all growing up as kids, watching and playing Little League Baseball, he happened to lead his team from Tom's River, New Jersey, which is about a half hour from where Rob and I grew up, to the Little League World Series on ESPN. Just to bring a team to the Little League World Series is impressive enough. But he was the team's leader, star player. He led them to winning the Little League World Series by hitting home run after home run after home run. The kid was as clutch as could be for a 12-year-old. And some would say that at 12 years old, he may have peaked, but he did not. He ended up going to Rutgers University, playing baseball there, and then he made it to the major leagues, where in 2015, 
he actually won the Major League Home Run Derby. So this guy is a stud baseball player, just happens to be from about a half hour from where we grew up. And I look in the dugout, Rob, and I see him sitting there and he's, he's working on his glove. He's like, you know, tying the lacing together in his glove. He's just kind of meddling with his glove like a baseball player would. And, and I'm going, hey, Todd, Todd, hey, Todd. And I'm trying to get the guy's attention. The guy was dead focused on his glove. He was so dialed in, not even a, not even a flinch when I would yell his name. And we were maybe 30, 35 feet away. So here I am yelling, Todd, Todd, and I'm getting nothing, bone dry. And then it dawns on me, let me inform Mr. Frazier that me too, Rob as well, we're from the Jersey Shore. Maybe we've got this mutual connection and maybe that'll get his attention. Well, lo and behold, finally, after four or five Todds and nothing, I said, hey, Mr. Frazier, we're from the Tom's River area. And the guy dropped his mitt like, like he had to get out of the dugout immediately and he had to come over and talk to us. And he couldn't have been nicer, Rob. He talked to us for at least 10 minutes, maybe more. I remember we talked about Little League. We talked about Major League Baseball, following your dreams, Tom's River, Jersey Shore. And I know, I know you coached him up a little bit on some baseball, some swing techniques. And lo and behold, first at bat of the game, he hits a home run. He points to you in the, in the crowd sitting behind home plate. He may or may not have given a wink. I'm not sure if he did or not. I know he's a happily married man, and, and you are now too. But nonetheless, the, the thoughtfulness of Mr. Frazier to come and spend some time with us pregame, really, it meant a lot. It was very nice. Uh, he's done wonderful things in the New Jersey community and all throughout Major League Baseball. So we here on the Brothers Brandt podcast really appreciate and want to shout out Todd Frazier for making our final day of the road trip that experience so enjoyable the pirates got crushed by the cincinnati reds and then we uh we hopped on over to the uh rob tell them about the night sunday night football game absolutely yeah let me dive into that and yes we did have a have a magic moment uh when he pointed over to me it was uh you know i uh i i, I gave him a wink back i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie but i don't blame you i don't blame you so, um, so the game's over, and it's about 4 o'clock now. And the really cool thing about Pittsburgh, the way that they set up their stadiums, is um, Heinz Field and the PNC Bank Stadium it, field, is, uh, they're pretty close to each other. So we didn't have to move our car. And we just walked right over because it's 4 o'clock on a Sunday, and it's Sunday night football. So mm-hmm. the Steelers are out there. The fans are out there loving it. Um, grilling, barbecuing, having a great time. Sunday night football, uh, the van was there. They had the big bus parked outside the stadium. And, you know, I will say the fan base outside, um, everywhere we've gone, I think we were kind of spoiled with uh, going to a Packers game, which is probably the friendliest fan base. Uh, I'm not saying the Steelers are, are mean, but they definitely weren't as welcoming or friendly as the uh, Packers. It's kind of hard to do. They do show up, though. They show up in full force. They've been uh, – the Steelers are always a team that when they're playing on the road, the fans are going to show up. So I will give them that. And they are playing the Bears. So the Steelers are 0-2. The Bears are 2-0. And it, it, was, it was lining up to be a pretty good Sunday night game. 
And we went into the stadium as early as you could get in. The game started at 8 o'clock. And we rolled into the stadium at around, you know, 6 o'clock and got first, first fans in there. And, and for, for, for our listeners, Rob, just again to reiterate what we've talked about on a few other previous podcasts for those out there wanting to go to sporting events with, with the people they love and enjoy these experiences, we've talked a lot about a couple techniques to make that experience that much more enjoyable. And one of them is that fact of getting to the stadium right when it opens. Don't, don't miss out. Don't waste time. Don't lollygag. Make a point of getting there right when the gates open up. Be one of the first fans. Take in the atmosphere as the stadium fills up. And I know you and I, we were stoked to do that on our final game of the road trip. Yeah, final game of the road trip. So last one, all-out effort on here. And we did stop at our car. I will make a note of that to throw on some Pittsburgh Steeler fan gear, which is pretty cool because the uh, Steelers and the Pirates have the same colors. So we were rocking those scarves that the Pirates gave us as well. Um, And we get into the stadium early. First thing we do is we go right down into uh, into the first row area, and we're taking the whole environment in. And the Sunday night football crew is on the field, and you got special guest Heinz Ward with uh, Chris Collinsworth there. And we're hanging out behind them. And I see all of these TV cameras, ESPN, everything, NBC, all that, um, you know, shining at these, at, at these anchors. And something popped into my head, and I was like, you know what? I always see those signs that people write on and then they hold them up. Let me see if there's like a kiosk in the, uh, in the concession area. So I turn to Rick and I go, Rick, I'll be right back. I'm going to try and find some cardboard or like a sign to write on. I want to write 10 games in 10 days. And uh, I just dip out. Rick's hanging out there and I go to the concession area and I couldn't find a kiosk where they were passing out those signs where you can write on a magic marker because I've seen them at stadiums before. Uh, I even was asking uh, concessioners if they knew where cardboard was so I could write on the back of it and just hold that sign up for uh, the world to see. Man, and, you were really working hard to make this sign happen. You know, I'm in sales. You know, after the first, uh, after the first no, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And yeah, you, were, you were gone for at least a half hour. Well, yeah. The reason I was gone for a half hour is because of this next part. <laughs> I uh, refuse to take no for an answer, and I see this door, and I open up this door to walk in, and it was a really nice area with carpeting and leather couches, and definitely a spot where I'm not supposed to be. I'm rocking a Steelers jersey. I got sweatpants on because it's a little chilly out, and I walk in, and this guy dressed to the nines with, uh, you know, lapel pins on, a lanyard, and uh, looking real sharp, comes up to me and just goes, hey, man, what's going on? What do you, can I help you out with something? And I explained to him, you know, the, we're doing a sports road trip, me and my brother, yada, yada, yada. And he go, and he's like, oh, that's really cool, man. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm looking for a sign, like a cardboard sign or something to write 10 games in 10 days to show it out there uh, for the TV cameras behind a Sunday night crew. And he goes, ah, you know, I, I don't know where those are. And lo and behold, who walks out of the door right next to us, but the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney Jr., walks by. And this, this gentleman must have been Art Rooney's right-hand man because he just goes, hey, Art, do you know where, like, there's cardboard or any signage that this young gentleman can write on? He's, uh, he's going on 10 sporting events in 10 consecutive days. And it was just me, 
Vic, the guy who introduced me to art. And uh, Art gave me a nice handshake, and he was like, wow, that's really impressive. And I explained to him all the games we're going to and that we wanted to end our road trip here in Pittsburgh, and we went to a double header. And he thought that was really cool. It was, it was cool to see somebody like this who, you know, has a million things on his mind leading up to Sunday night football for his team, and he's taken five, ten minutes to talk to some random person about a sports road trip going on. So huge shout out to Art Rooney Jr. Love the fact that he gave me the time of day. I shook his hand. I said, I love what you did with the place because they newly renovated it. Put place was gorgeous. Hall of inspection. And know, I, wow. I, got a, I got a picture with him and it was fantastic. But there was no cardboard. I didn't get cardboard. I didn't get anything. Nope. But I got a picture nope. with Art Rooney, so I'll take it. You'll take it. You'll take it. No sign, no cardboard, but you got a chance to meet the owner, one of the legendary owners in National Football League. And, and I will also add to your point that the stadium was beautiful. Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium, the Pittsburgh Pirates Stadium, those, are, those go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with any, any major city around the country as far as having those stadiums right next to each other, right on the river. It's the only place really, other than I think of San Francisco, where you can take a boat up to the stadium, you can dock your boat, you can go to the game, get back on your boat and head home afterwards. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, we watched the, uh, the Steelers game or uh, before the game even kicks off, we were hanging out, uh, you know, 20 rows back. Now we got, we're trying to find some seats and we're meeting these people. We're having a good time. And uh, Rick and I get put up on the Jumbotron. We get up on the Jumbotron and we have a picture of that. We'll put that up on the Instagram so everybody can see all these pictures of the last day. And it was really cool. You know, that's like a childhood, um, dream is to get up on the jumbotron and you just seem like a little kid you know you're you're freaking out you're like wow this is amazing i'm on the jumbotron uh, I, rob i know we've got a couple uh future podcasts that'll talk about some more of our sporting events where the where the jumbotron is a major feature and um but you're right that was one of the ones you check off the list all right jumbotron we've been on it and that was a that was a fun way to end the trip and you know the games may be dwindling down, but we still had a bunch more to go because we're six hours away from New Jersey. We've had a long 10 days. And I thought to myself after the game was over, all right, now, now we, we get a chance. We go back, decompress a little bit, maybe meet up with Colin Lang, who's hosting us. You know, we didn't get a chance to see him the first night. And, um, and yeah, so we go back. It's probably around 1 o'clock at night. We get back to Colin's place, and keep in mind, we've still got the key now. He gave us the key, left us the key in the mailbox. He said, hold on to it. Whenever you guys end up leaving, just drop it back in the mailbox before you go. And so we get back over to Colin's around 1 o'clock at night, and he had spent all day Sunday. I remember he said to us, guys, I'm going to be out with buddies Saturday night. All day Sunday, I got to prep for my exam on Monday. So um, I might not catch you on Sunday, but... But, uh, you know, come on in. We'll, you, you guys take crash, do whatever you need to do. And uh, that's exactly what happened. We got back there at 1, passed out on the couches. We didn't have to be up early the next day because we had no other city to get to. But yet Colin had to be up early the next day for his exams. So for the second day now, we've passed like ships in the evening, in the night. And we didn't see him. We got up a couple hours after he left. And we were gone. We left the uh, key in the mailbox, but 
the whole time we were in Pittsburgh, the whole time we were staying at Colin Lang's, we did not see Colin one time. I mean, did who, not see him once. Unreal, unreal. And so for him to have gone out of his way to make us feel welcome, didn't even get a chance to spend time with us, but that uh, kindness really meant a lot to us then. And it sure does years later, looking back on it. I think we met up with Colin months later back home where we finally saw each other embraced with some uh, big hugs and just couldn't thank them enough. And uh, like I said earlier, all of our hosts, always fantastic. And Colin, uh, he nailed it on the final day of the trip. So, so Rob, you got through, we got through this 10 games in 10 days. We set out for it months in advance. And, and what were your thoughts? What were your impressions after the trip was now complete and we were riding home? Great, great question. Um, just want to note that the Steelers lost that game 40 to 23. So we were seven and three on our sports road trip. Um, so we came out victorious on that front. I will say crashing with friends was probably my, like my, one of my favorite things. Um, but checking out those stadiums was just so cool and going to Lambeau, going to Wrigley. I think those were two of my uh, favorite stadiums to go see. And yeah, it was just so, so many great memories and great times. I mean, look, we're, uh, you know, seven years later, we're still talking about it. Still talking about it. Got some amazing photos to look back on and memories that we'll cherish forever. I think, you know, in my you know, thought process of it all was we did a lot of work to try to calculate and organize how could we go to 10 games in 10 days? How could that logistically be possible? And then also do tours and see friends and maybe do some sightseeing. But we, we made it happen and we stuck to our schedule. I loved that we made it happen. All the games played. Uh, there wasn't any rain out. So it was all, it was all fantastic from that front. I think it, it, um, it was more than it was greater than I thought it could have ever been. And I know it inspired me and I think you as well to, to want to do these trips again in the future. And I think probably not shortly thereafter, you're like, what do we got to do? Like, how can we come up with a way where we can keep doing this, where we can keep working at our jobs, where we don't go broke? Like, what are we going to do? And, and then that's where it kind of dawned on us. We said, we'll do this every other year. We don't want to do it every year because we got to work. We, you know, for the time commitment, there's also a lot of effort that goes in pre-trip as far as organizing the schedule, getting all of the gear for the home team, coordinating with hosts who we're going to stay with, booking the tours of the stadium. So I think we relished in the first ever trip. And then we said, let's, let's, Every other year, pick a different region of the country, whether it's the Midwest, the Southeast, the West Coast, the Northeast, wherever it might be. Let's dial in and focus in on trying to go to 10 games in 10 days in different parts of the country. And I know for future podcasts, we've got some fantastic stories, ones that I think just build on and get even more exciting than the first road trip, but the, nothing's oh, like yeah. the first one. Oh yeah. So the first one gave us hope that we could do it again. We just had to dig in with the planning, you know, go to Staples, 
get the books laminated, get everything lined up. We, you know, the schedules were a big factor on where we would go, whether it was the West Coast, the Southeast, the Southwest, the Northeast. And podcasters, I just want you to know, this is the end of the first road trip, but it's not the end of the podcast. We are just getting started here with some epic, hilarious, awesome stories. They're only going to get better. Rick and I were kicking around the idea of how many episodes we have without any more content that we need to come up with. And we're locked and loaded for about 50 to maybe 60 episodes. So strap in the seatbelts because we're coming in hot with story after story. Um, Highly requested from our friends and family is they want us to throw up the Super Bowl stories of Super Bowl Media Day and how we interviewed Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and how we went to a Victoria's Secret party, how we met all these people. Um, with the Masters being rescheduled, we have some epic Masters stories coming at you at some point this year. Um, I just want to give you guys a little cliffhanger. The next episode is not going to be based off one of our epic sports road trips. We're going to do our first ever interview with one of our good friends from growing up. He is uh, now playing in the minor league system for the Cleveland Indians and drafted out of college, Seton Hall Pirates, go Pirates. He is none other than Shane McCarthy. And we're going to be talking baseball because of this coronavirus going on and how it's affecting him. We're going to talk about you know, what it was like playing in high school and college and making it to the big leagues and hearing your name be drafted. Uh, fun fact, fun fact um, about Shane McCarthy. He threw a perfect game in college. One of the few handful of baseball players to have ever thrown a perfect game in college. He was the first player at Seton Hall University to ever do it. So a storied university like that. And for him, the first one ever to throw a perfect game, not only to the catcher he grew up playing with as a kid too. So a lot of great storylines, a lot of great questions. I know we're going to have a lot of fun on the podcast with Shane McCarthy. We're going to get you all through this time period. While we have no sports, we still have the Brothers Brant podcast, and we're going to help you guys get through this. I hope everybody stays safe out there. Rob, is there anything else you want to tell the people? No, I'm just signing off. I'm Rob. I'm Rick. And we're the Brothers Brand. Keep listening. Adios, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.